0: Welcome to the Words Over Ice Show. Have a drink, whether glass mug or styrofoam. Give my best stuff to Ray, he's the right host. And Matt James on a sarcastic tightrope. Then there's Jason, full of opinions. Co-host with brains and the boldest intentions. Ali, that's the man making profits. Greg and Duke join us talking controversial topics. You know it get real in these interviews. We talk about it all when we bring a news. Rolling with the punches, a one-two combo. The Words Over Ice Show. Let's have a convo. And welcome back Hope everybody is being safe out there With all the craziness going on around us Uh, Stay inside please Uh, But today we have a friend That actually lived in China for a while China Mike, he's going to join us on the podcast Uh, Interesting conversation we had with him Be sure you're following on social media Instagram is at the words over ice show And we'll just jump right into this one Hope you enjoy All right, China Mike it's been a minute man
1: that sounds really
0: racist <laughs> does it China Mike <laughs>
1: it really really fucking does
0: <laughs> well, well, when, do people call you China Mike or is that just Amit
2: no nah, everybody calls me China Mike bro that's there been that's go. been my name for a minute but I was you just know, joking fuck full it. disclosure I'm not Chinese so I don't know if it's <laughs> I don't know if it's racist or not if you're not Chinese and people call you China Mike I'm not sure
1: Uh fuck it
2: you know but
3: you spent plenty of time in China, so you know I guess that's where that comes from, right?
2: yeah man. um I had a big crew, so I moved to China in two thousand and eight, early two thousand and eight, and a few years in like two thousand and twelve or something, there's a whole crew of American dudes that were all friends. They moved from the Pacific Northwest to China, and like I was kind of their, not their plug, but I was kind of like the reference point for everything that they were doing in China and and, and that's when, uh, that's when the, the nickname started and it kind of just grew from there.
0: So back, back up a sec. What makes you move? How old are you? Would you say 12 years ago?
2: 12 years. Yeah. It was 2008.
0: I what makes you move in 2008 to China? That's a big move, man.
2: Yeah. So at the time I was going to school, I was a student at the university of Florida. Um, and I don't know, man, at the time I was in, I was in, uh, the business program there, and then I eventually got into the international business program. I started getting my, you know, my beak wet with traveling. I went and did a study abroad program in Spain. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave Madrid. I stayed like an extra three or four months to try to get something going. But then I ended up going back to school in Florida, and um, yeah, I was just really got the travel bug. I wanted to see other parts of the world, and being in business class and and taking all these business courses everything at that time was china like every class every chapter we were reading about what was going on in china and growing up as a kid i had kind of a fascination with the wild west and like just mm-hmm. westward westward expansion and moving into this new frontier that's totally untapped and there's no rules and and i just wanted that man and i really had a desire to check it out and see it so I was in this international business program. Part of the program was trying to like 25% of the program, you go and study abroad. So um, when it came down to selecting where you wanted to go, I just, you know, I chose China.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know Jay, you spent some time where in Japan though, right. Which is very different, but
1: yeah. I know Japan you, you, and China are like night and day, but uh, yeah. there, uh, India, Mumbai, Bombay, if you will. Uh, so that's Southeastern Asia. My wife, she grew up in Thailand, China. Uh, she grew up also. She stayed a while in. These motherfuckers are spamming the shit out of me. And I'm getting
0: yeah, let say someone's getting, someone's getting blown up.
1: No, I'm, I'm getting this like supply warehouse reset and it's them bots. And speaking of China, it's I just got a couple of fucking uh, voicemails from, and then they're speaking straight Chinese. Yo, I've been
0: getting a lot of those lately. Yo, you get Chinese voicemails? <laughs> yeah, like, Bruh, like uh, it's crazy. <laughs> wow, it's yeah. spam calls. I get so, a lot of them. Try Mike,
1: mic, holler at them motherfuckers, man, because like I'm <laughs> getting mad as hell right now. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Southeast Asia and just Asia in general. That's dope that you you got to experience that. Um, What was your first initial culture shock when you got to China? Besides, like, if you try to access YouTube, they're like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean,
2: man, you want to know what's crazy? In 2008. And if you fact check me, I might be wrong. But this is how I remembered it. I feel like Facebook and YouTube and stuff wasn't totally banned by that point. Mm. Like, I could still access a little bit. But pretty soon on in my stay, it it got cut off. Um, Man, the initial culture shock. That's tough thinking about it Besides
1: language, you know, besides language.
2: Yeah. But I mean, just thinking about it now, because like I'm so accustomed to life there and I I understand it as well as a foreigner can, I think. But I think it's got to be just just the, the crowds and the massive amount of people and when you're stepping on to the metro, you know, which is the underground trains that they have. And, you know, eventually once they built out the, the bullet trains and you're in those stations, especially, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, not this year because of the coronavirus, but normal years during the Chinese new year, Mm -hmm. everybody goes back to their hometown. So all these people are clustered in these cities with, 10, 15, 20, 25 million people in every single one of these cities. Once Chinese New Year hits, they all go back to their hometowns. It's like the biggest human migration in the history of mankind. So, I mean, if you are in these crowds and you 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 have to maneuver and live your life and try to get around, it's 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 extremely overwhelming. I would say that's probably the, the first You know, huge bit of culture shock I had being there.
1: Yeah, I can relate. Uh, In Japan, when we got there, we touched on in Tokyo. When we came out of the hotel the next, uh, like, couple hours afterwards, the train station, I had never – I mean, you know, living in Chicago, you see, you know, a bunch of people. I'd never seen a crowd like that before. It it was bonkers, you know. Uh,
3: I mean, I feel like the only thing I can kind of, like – compare it to would be like, you know, New York City, subway, Mm -hmm. you know, rush hour
0: time, something like that. I
1: don't know.
3: Or Times Square something like
0: that.
1: Well, see, I I can't even relate because I've never been to New York, so...
0: I've never been in New York. I was actually supposed to go to Japan uh, next month, but obviously that that shit got canceled. That's
1: that's fucking done, son. (laughs) You ain't going, shit, you can barely go down the street.
2: (laughs) So I've, I've actually, regrettably, I haven't been a lot of cool places in Asia. And that's crazy considering how long I was out there. And Japan's one of them. I've never been to Japan. But I would say from my experience with Japanese people and knowing a lot of people that have lived there, the big difference in Japan is they're still very, um, you know, the the society is very much in check and like like they're very conscious of other people and they're yes. very polite and they're yes. very considerate of your space and not doing something rude. Right. But that ain't the case in China, man. <laughs> like Hell, motherfuckers no. are cutting you off. They're walking in front of you. They're spitting on the ground like they have no concept of personal space they'll be touching you and not giving a fuck they'll be just staring at you pushing look, their
1: way in front of you in the man, market man yeah.
2: camera in your face if you if you look weird that day like man it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot to take in
3: mhm and, and wait so mike and we should say you're back in the states now right yeah i'm
2: in chicago right now yeah and you've been back for like 6
3: months or something like that you say
2: i would say yeah somewhere between 5 and 6 months i've been i've been I guess i got to say living back out here, man. I was supposed to go to China and uh, Philippines at the end of January, but about 36 hours before my flight, you know, everything got canceled. Cause of all this, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, the, my main business and main income in the past, like four or five years is I've been bringing pro basketball players to China to play in these tournaments and tours and, and, and this shit. And, Chinese New Year, like I said, it's a big celebration. All these people go back to their hometown. So it's one of the busiest times of the year for us. Like we get games all over the country. It's a really wild, crazy two to three weeks. And I had a bunch of guys set up. I had three guys out there. I had the day it got canceled. I had three guys in China. I had two guys that were heading to the airport. And I had about 10 guys plus myself that were getting ready to fly within 48 hours when they, when they eventually pulled the plug and said that all events of assembly were going to be canceled.
0: That's crazy, man. this shit's it's just crazy all over the world, man. They're canceling everything. Didn't, uh, I mean, your little brother played, didn't Locke hey, 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 right? <laughs> was up there right? Was that last year or the year before?
2: Yeah, I think it was two years, years ago. Yeah. That was a crazy-ass <laughs> summer, man. A was, was right there for all of it. He was a part of a lot of the craziness, too, man.
0: <laughs> he was telling me some stories, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a <laughs> wild shit. He called me at all, all hours of the... Of the day, I guess night over there. No, but...
2: <laughs> no,
1: we gotta let him tell it. Can't. I? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody's business. I'm just saying I
0: heard. I heard some stories. He said he sounded like he had a good, uh, a good time though. You get some, some big names out there though, right?
2: Yeah, for that trip we did. Um, that was a crazy summer, man. I, looking back and, and and being able to reflect on it, I look at it in a positive light. But when I was in it, that shit was a disaster. A bunch of shit went wrong. It was fucking bananas, man. But uh, yeah, I, uh, Carl Landry. Carl Landry played a bunch mm-hmm. of years in the league. Uh, he played with the Houston Rockets and the Sacramento yep. Kings. He he came out with us for a week, and then uh, Shannon Brown, bro. Um, okay, he went to Proviso East, right? Yeah, Shannon Brown, Proviso East. With
0: uh, Shannon and D Brown, right? Yeah. Did they go together?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played with the the Kobe, one of the Kobe Laker teams that won the, the chip. So he he was out there that that trip too.
0: That dude was crazy athletic. He was, man. He was. Reminds me of, of Jay. But Jay back in the day.
2: You got hops yeah. like that, bro? They used uh, to be flying, man. I, I used to. Uh,
1: mm. Now I just uh, race cars and In the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I picked up a ball. Like, it was weird. I went and took my daughter to the fucking park and picked up a ball and was teaching these kids. And then I was like, I'm not a coach. Fuck these
2: kids. <sighs> I'm going to
1: beat these kids' head. This one kid was like, yo, I'm out here getting abused. I was like, yep. It's the best way, the best way to teach them,
2: bro. Yeah,
1: yo, word
3: out. Yeah. Yo, yo, Mike, so actually with with all this corona stuff that's like kind of like popping off even like today, you know, even with a bunch of new stuff in the news today, like you must Crazy. have friends out, out in uh, China and Asia and all that stuff. Like what are, they, what are they saying about like how it is and what's going on
2: and stuff? So, yeah, I have, uh, you know, everybody that I work with is is out there, was out there. You know, I have a ton of foreign friends that work in and out of China or they're based in China full time. I work with a lot of people on the basketball front. Um, I work in manufacturing since 2011. I've been doing sourcing consulting. So I help people with their manufacturing needs. Um, So it just depends on where you are. China's huge and it just really depends on where you are. So some parts of the country were extremely affected other parts, not so much. And they've just been taking general precautions. But I mean, I know people in, in Hubei, Hubei is the province where it hit and the specific city is called Wuhan. So I know people there and they're still quarantined. You know, they're still not able to really live a normal life and and they have to get like permission to go outside and go to the store um it's 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 insane man I think like business has just been starting to resume in the past 2 weeks but definitely not at full capacity if anybody who's been out to China or especially southern China where I lived in Guangzhou and Shenzhen those are really big manufacturing cities and they have these gigantic markets that spread all across both cities and I mean you can find everything under the sun at these markets And these markets serve a couple of purposes. They're like fronts for the factories. So, you know, it's a way that people can come and see a wide variety of products. But then if they meet somebody, they meet one of the shopkeeps at the market, that shopkeep is usually an employee of the factory or they work with a handful of factories. So it's a way for them to generate business. It's also a way that um, a lot of the factories get their components. They get their parts and their materials from these markets um, and especially the factories that are clustered around the markets. So it's a, it's a really important aspect to business and the markets are still closed to this day. Mm-hmm. They're not functioning at all.
3: And, and like anyone, like if, if I was in China, could I, could I access any of these markets and start conducting business? With, not with now. I, Not now, but I mean in normal times.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, I, that's how that's how I learned to like love China and money speak, talks. speak Chinese, bro. Yeah, bro. It's just like living inside these markets is where everything in the world comes from. You know, I noticed right. I noticed dozens of products and and things before they blew up. You know, I've seen things in the market that was just you know oh, it's a cool product at the market. Two weeks later, I see this thing raising a million dollars on Kickstarter, like like. Right. You know, this is the heart of of consumer products. But yeah, anybody can go there. I actually, you know, w- the company that I run and some of my friends' companies, they even do like these tours where they take you through to the markets and kind of instruct you on where to go and how to negotiate with the people and find the stuff that you need to, to do. But yeah, anybody can go. I mean, people from all over the world travel to Guangzhou and Shenzhen to go to the markets.
3: Yeah, that's dope.
1: It is. It is. It's just th- this whole thing is very coincidental with like the the trade seas, and then this pops off and travel bans and.
3: What corona you mean, right? Obviously, yeah,
1: bro. Like being what 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 they the, the one couple whistleblowers, if you want to use that term, end up dead. You know, uh, that's bonkers uh, for it to be like a. RNA fact, like, uh, I guess you could say RNA, uh, what laboratory, th- this shit is just very interesting as far as it being like an elegantly <clears throat> designed
0: to crash the market
1: and also crowd control. Uh, you know, th- there's a, there's a lot of factors to it, but it is, all,
0: it is crazy.
3: It's yeah. all
1: speculatory because, you know, we, we don't have the end cause none of us are part of that elite circle, but I don't put it past them because it's happened in the past, but it's just very funny how it only affects a certain demographic. And it's also created a ripple effect that has shut down trade and commerce, which, you know, can stop a government. Look at, look at what's happening here. This country is like the Mecca of see it on TV, believe it. So uh, it's just really funny that China has that much power. They've always had that power as far as, like, trade and commerce because this country back with, like, what what was it? Uh, What's his name? Bill Clinton, where he outsourced uh, most of the jobs in, like, factories to China. It's been a long game. China plays the long game on everything.
2: Yeah. Let me ask you, though, uh, because I've heard that theory being tossed around, too. Like, other than just wanting to to say – you know, some people, I'm not saying this is you, but you know, some people yeah, I know yeah. just like I don't,
1: the, I don't, here, let me, let me caveat that. I don't take yeah. anything perf, like personal.
2: Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. I, I appreciate shit. that.
3: Go That's at cool. that, boy.
2: All yeah, right, right. I'm coming, It son.
3: was you, <laughs>
2: <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, I know, like, people like to jump down and, and, and bite on conspiracies, and I do too, to a certain extent. I'm just saying, like, what what is the incentive for that? Uh,
1: Depopulation. Um it's been coming a long time. There's been numerous elite families talking about they need to uh I guess you could say delete or eradicate certain demographics or regions of the like the world.
0: But it's not it's not that deadly though.
1: That and that's what it I'm saying either. is that there the fear is the most deadly part of this. Fear is the craziest I mean, part.
0: you're shutting down i mean more more so than than a death toll right because it's 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 really not that
1: heart disease kills more shit i mean
0: dude the flu kills more people right Yo, i mean the car the accident death toll is very more. low the, the percentage of people infected to the to the percentage of people right. dying is very low right and it's the people that are getting killed are <laughs> you know what the, the craziest people, part is the people is? that are prone to, to illness because like
1: some people are far fetching nice. going towards like uh Walking Dead saying like everybody's got it and it's just a matter of time before it like rears its head and I get that it's a but, theory. I mean,
0: but to your point you say you say it's it's crowd control right population control yeah. people aren't dying so much I mean I mean it, it's it's mass it's mass media but I think it's for in, the elderly America.
1: let's get rid of the old people because those are the people that are really dying you know.
0: Yeah, like, I kids mean, it, are it is it is the older people, it, and yeah. it's it is it's a media scare. I think CNN, I think it's CNN, Bro. has a running total. I think in the bottom right corner, just people infected. It's just like a right. It's just <laughs> by the hour. It's just Wait, like a- which <laughs> that
3: number doesn't really mean anything. Right,
1: right. <laughs> it doesn't mean
0: shit. But it's it's a scare tactic. hundred percent people watching that shit say, "Holy shit!" Now it's up to you know whatever. But it, it I don't even probably know the is everywhere
3: it. already, though. I mean
1: I, I would imagine that some people had it I wouldn't even have be surprised if even, one of
3: us have had it already
1: and not even noticed right because like you just thought it was the normal shit and you just took care of it And I yourself. mean talking
3: about so like
0: outside of outside of population control Jay, and what cuz I know I know you've got some <laughs> some some good theories on this I, shit I
1: do but you know it's too early to say like look at look at American now with uh Orange County was like one of the first to do a massive quarantine and then New York now just did another one with martial law, kind of like the 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 what is it? Um, I hear I hear Nash- martial laws nat-
0: in the background that they're trying to yeah, try like to national that. guard
1: came in in New York mm-hmm. or something for some like affluent suburb. And I believe that, like, I, I it's just it's not even that I believe it; it's that I'm observing that they will go to these more affluent neighborhoods, the people that follow the system very closely and are very well off because they've worked in the system and within the system to become successful and have never deviated from it. So they'll follow the directions of the government to like a fear mongering to gain safety while giving up their ability to leave your house. Like that to me doesn't make any fucking sense, but you know, it's, it's these kind of like steps in order. You think they wanted
0: to, to crash the market?
1: Oh, the, the money is really money is the main thing because if you can control money, you can literally control the demographic of everybody. Uh, you can shut down shit real quick. So, so, for so people, then, like for people, the
0: idea- for people who aren't following, sorry, for people yeah, people care. who aren't following, I mean, the stock market's gone to shit. Um, but it all trickles down
1: to your pocket eventually
0: yeah they're they're anticipating i mean I have I deal in commercial real estate on a daily right and i was i mean I was telling you this before we got on air i have people wealthy wealthy people smart people you know savvy people with investments pulling out of deals um pulling out you know multi million dollar deals to buy you know strip malls and commercial- commercial property all over the country because they have you know insight that the market's going to crash again they're, they're they fear you know two thousand two thousand eight all over again so pulling out of really good deals because they want to sit on cash rather than property at this point.
2: Yeah. I'd say it's inevitable that the market's going to continue to take a hit. And it's already been, you know, one of the biggest hits that it has in the past Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years.
1: Right. I'd say look back to when um, the Euro took a shit and Greece got gangbanged where people couldn't even pull money out of their ATM, To get gangbanged, yeah, they did because they got hit from all angles (laughs) by the long dick of of their government. Uh, They couldn't even pull enough money out to pay their bills. They got regulated by a certain amount. They couldn't pull any money out for cash. They couldn't transfer any money. The whole market seized, and then a lot of people lost their homes. Got fucked. That's why you can go to Greece and live like a king there. If you could travel right now, you could go there for like a stack and live for a fucking month like a king. Yeah.
3: So. So. But well, what I was going to ask earlier was so, if, if it's like you know along the the population control, so it's something that's administered, right? That that would be the the underlying belief, right? It's something that that was kind of well purposely put out there,
1: right? You look at who they target with the free flu shot: elderly people. Anytime the government hey, tells kids. you that a fucking shot is free, I ain't taking that shit. I, you know, fuck all that like if it's free yeah it's free up your ass it's free until next week till you Yo, get some shit
3: and I can't even lie cause this flu season I feel like I was worried about all that shit and like this this season for some reason we didn't get the flu shot like good like you know and you know you can't get it like when you're sick and yeah so oh, shit, yeah happening? in between in between sicknesses and stuff
0: it's that train but, again.
3: yeah <laughs> I mean that was just a, a, a kind of a trip man you know what I mean Yes.
0: So you you norm you normally get the flu shot is what you're saying?
3: I feel like I, w- I feel like yeah. I feel like maybe yeah but didn't, didn't, for, the, have, for the kid. But didn't you, know, you say definitely. this
0: didn't you say this here you you've, skipped you you felt like you've had the flu? Yeah. You skipped it and you got the flu?
3: Yeah, and then with all this all the you know, I don't even know. That's why I'm I'm like, man, it's probably already been around. Like maybe I've already had it. I shouldn't even say that on the cast, you know what I'm saying, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, they shut like it, shit down. It, it doesn't, you know. It actually, you're better off not going. You know what I'm saying, like to to go get yeah. checked out. Because what's well, going to happen then if it's like the flu, if you just gonna get over it, you know? Well, it's assuming CO- assuming you're you're healthy enough to, you know, like what what does it do going to to the doctor and then getting, um, you know, getting diagnosed a, a
2: random. I think you're talking about the coronavirus.
3: Yeah, corona. And so
2: yeah. I I think the the thought process is that if you're going maybe you don't go to the ER and the and, and the doctor because those spaces are being flooded and that's like a, a hotbed to, to potentially spread it. But I think the the thought process is that if you're having some type of symptoms and you get tested, then you could know at that point that you need to be quarantined and you need to be eliminating contact with other people. So a lot of people are pointing to South Korea as being a place that's like handled the outbreak well, but yet they haven't been shutting down their society. And the reason why they're, well, the reason why that's been successful, is because they've administered a massive amount of tests, and they're even doing. I, I read something about they're even like doing drive-throughs where they'll go pick you up in this quarantine box. They'll drive you through to the testing center where you don't have to make physical contact with the person who's testing you. You get the test, and then they s- swoop you back to your crib. Like right, like that. Yeah, that's that's the reason it. why you want to be yeah. tested is to know whether or not you should be avoiding other people okay. to, to 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 limit the outbreak.
1: The the craziest part about the flu shot is, from my understanding, they take the three strains from the last year that were the most prominent. And then pick one randomly like they're fucking doing rocks, paper, scissors. And then that's the one they go with. And then they administer that. And then another part of what we were talking about just a second ago, like you were talking about South Korea. Apparently, at this point, Israel, if you fly in there, you're automatically two-week quarantined.
2: Yeah, same with China if as you're coming from certain
1: places. In, it does, Israel doesn't give a shit if you came from the moon. Yo, like, I've heard that. So when do they do that? Where, where do they keep you, by the way? For in like in quarantine camp, centers. In a camp. You know, like yeah, like it's yo, it's crazy. It, this movie reminds me very much of a War or uh, World War Z. Uh, this movie about this this like, and, and you know, I know it's a movie, but it's it it very much resembles how the movie
3: went. Where
0: is that the one with uh, Brad Pitt?
3: Yeah, Brad Pitt. uh Brad Peach Pitt. I thought you were gonna say Contagion, actually. But what was
1: the other one with um?
3: What's his with his like name? Matt Damon and? In- Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't Mad remember that one. Damon.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, Matt <laughs> Damon. <laughs> no, uh, Outbreak was the other one I was thinking of with, what's his name? The black dude, old ass black dude who does all the voiceovers. Morgan um, Freeman. Morgan fucking Freeman. I married my 18-year-old stepdaughter, bitch ass motherfucker. Um, yeah, that guy. Uh, Yeah, but it reminds me of World War Z where it, like, nations were taking precautions in such a different way. And some were so far behind and didn't really like certain places didn't have the issue. But like highly concentrated areas were very heavy in the issue. You know, it's this this whole thing is to me. I don't know, man. I saw a meme that was funny to me. It was like black folks ain't worried. We survived slavery and the 60s. Just wash your fucking hands. We're good. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe that works. I, I, I my, It's a PSA to all you guys. Wash your hands before you touch your dick or vagina when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Yo. And then
3: wash don't your hands wash afterwards. Hands,
1: people don't wash their – oh, it's crazy, dog. Like, it's nuts. Like, when I'm in the bathroom, I watch dudes literally just – they shake it more than they're supposed to, so they're playing. And then they, like, just walk straight out. You know, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, like, come on, man. This is society. People are dirty as fuck So of course something's gonna spread I recommend I didn't, I didn't mean to go on a tangent But you know what I mean? <laughs> Cleanliness is next to godliness You dirty fucking th- I, th-
3: I think we all, we all like self-reflected Like damn have I ever done that
1: before
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got dirty Yo, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still scared theory.
1: of one of my parents Slapping me in the back of the head For not fucking washing my hands Dude I like, I'm a fucking germ freak I wash my hands uh, plus, working with cars, I gotta work my hands. You know, wash what happens hands? if
3: you just jumped out of the shower?
1: Jumped out the shower, you just washed your whole body. I think you're good. But what are you gonna do? Go to the bathroom afterwards, wash your hands again.
0: I don't. I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about at this point.
1: Hand, hand <laughs> washing, <laughs> cleanliness. <laughs> back
0: to uh, back. Back to Mike, man. So your time in China, brother. You. So you were you born and raised in Chicago? I know that's where we all met. Yeah, playing. yeah, for
2: sure. This is where I was until I was. Um... I think I moved to Florida when I was like twenty.
1: How was that?
2: Moving that's to Florida—that's
1: a, a culture shock from here. To yeah, there.
2: for sure, bro. That was like moving to moving to a different country. I moved to <laughs> South Florida, dog. That was nuts, man. Everybody I met wasn't speaking English no more. Uh, what
1: up, man? <laughs> yeah, it
2: was, it was. That was that was wild. That took me a while to get used to it. But yeah, I mean, that was that was dope, man. It just changed my perspective on life. You know, it gave me a different different outlook and and I, you know. My, the immediate friends that I made hooping, of course, was um, a dude from Argentina. And where was my other boy from? I think he was like from Venezuela. You know what I mean? So like right mm-hmm. off the bat, that's when I started to just start to think a little more internationally rather than just yeah, I didn't I didn't know shit. Yeah, I was a local motherfucker until I made that move, man. I really didn't. I, I didn't have much perspective on anything until until I started hanging out with people outside my uh
0: Mm-hmm.
2: you know initial comfort zone i guess you could say
0: so what, what's your what's your perspective man because a lot of us are are local kids right i mean i spent the majority of my life in chicago the last seven in in cali but that's about all i know right i mean it, you take little trips here and there but right being being a local chicago kid and then going to florida and then spending you know uh, over a decade in in china and then coming back like what is like, like what's your perspective on on the US, and the culture, on the lifestyle, just just the differences between the cushy the two.
2: here. <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, It's cushy a, as fuck here. <laughs> There's a lot to uh there's a lot to that question. Do you, and do you like target. it back here? How about that? Do you like it back here?
1: Good ass fucking question.
2: Um
1: Hey, hey! Think about it, because you're <laughs> you're, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're stuck here now, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, I would say, I would say, I've I've developed a mindset where I can take, uh, I can, I can, I can make the most of any situation, and I can see mm-hmm. things for for what they're worth, and I, I can create. Um, a positive situation, no matter where I'm at. That's kind of how I view life. I always try to 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 make the most of whatever type of you know environment that I'm in. Um, but I would say there's definitely good things about being back in the states. Um, but there's a ton of things that I really don't enjoy about being back here. Um, I just moved from Thailand. I was living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is like the biggest city in northern Thailand, and yeah, I was waking up. Early in the morning, I walked outside with my cutoff and my sandals on. Walked down the street. My man's had his food cart with fresh coconuts just right there. Jump on my motorbike, cruise down to my guy's house. You know, sip a coffee, smoke a joint, get on my computer, and I'm working the day on my computer. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just a very cush, comfortable, easy life, man. And like, like not expensive. I'm not dealing with. United States media and just how things are portrayed here and, and, and right you know, in your face I, all the fucking time, all the time, bro. And like, I'm out here, I get out here in, in the States and I'm still working remote. All my business is back in Asia. I don't have a job. All I really do is hang out with my daughter. So I drive to pick up my daughter at school. I drive home and I'm, I'm driving Miss Daisy, man. Like I'm chilling. I'm, I'm my head's in the clouds. I'm just chilling. I look up this soccer mom is on my ass, bro. Like, like, (laughs) man, just raging, bro. You can feel the rage, man, from, from, from her car to mine. And, and, you know, you just get a lot more of that here. Like people, people got a chip on their shoulder. Not everybody, of course, but a lot of people got a chip on their shoulder. They're they're stressed out. They're overworked. They're a little bit angry. Um, you know, and again, obviously that's who you're hanging out with and what you're seeing. But, um, yeah. Overall, I don't know how to answer that question. But, just- but
3: you know what? You, you said you said it it was like more affordable out there,
2: right? Oh, for sure. In, in, in Thailand, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now I was spending the majority of my 12 years was in China. And, you know, right up until the time I left, I really didn't want to be there anymore. Like living in China isn't isn't a great nope. life your air you know, quality
1: is fucking trash. Yeah,
2: air quality is not good. I mean, there's a ton of aspects of Chinese society that I'm just not a fan of. But, you know, it's also for work and opportunity and just what? action, bro. And, and and the one thing I always try to tell people about China and is like just you can't, unless you're there and you're in it, like you can't comprehend the rate of change. I'm back here you know, 40 minutes outside of Chicago and this shit still looks the same dog. I left in 2001 and it looks the same. Uh Like, yeah, there might be a TGA Fridays on this corner that wasn't there when I left, but this shit is all, yeah, man, this shit is all (laughs) the same. It all looks the same. Like in China, bro, I saw entire city centers constructed in five years. I saw, I saw, a bullet train system that runs throughout the entire country. That didn't exist when I first showed up. Like that, that, that came in three, four years when I got after, after I had arrived in China. And I mean, they have bullet trains that to give you perspective, they have bullet trains that could run from Chicago to South Miami in eight hours. Yep. I go Ooh, from Guangzhou. Beijing. I go to Guangzhou to Beijing in eight hours. And why That's the a- why don't and we and have that shit product. here?
1: Why don't we have that here? Money. I mean, that's why. They want you to fucking pay these airlines because the
2: airline industry is a
1: huge fucking industry.
2: I mean, I definitely think that's one aspect of it. But, you know, in the States, you you got to jump through a lot of fucking hoops to get something done. Yeah. If, the, if if the, you know, if the CCP says they want something done, ain't nobody telling you otherwise.
1: Right. Well, yeah, China's kind of like, eh, fuck They it. do. You, do, what, you, know, do <laughs> you know,
2: there's a you lot have- of <laughs> There's not a lot of negative ac- aspects to, to to the Chinese Communist Party, but, y- you know, you can't deny that there's some positive aspects right. too. Like, like, like if they want. Know. Yeah. If they want to, to build the most impressive infrastructure the planet's ever seen in five to 10 years, they fucking do it. Right. So, yeah, man, I, I think overall um, I like being back on some levels. I, I really don't like being back on some levels, but it's just like a give or take, you know.
1: Well, the experience is everything, and it puts a perspective on life of uh, what you really want and what you don't want and what you'll accept and what you won't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean,
3: know. I always think it's interesting, man, and you know that's why I was like, man, I thought I thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective because because I sometimes think, I mean, don't get me wrong, life is good in the states. You know, I can't say that.
1: <sighs> Fuck you.
3: <I> haven't. <laughs> Experience Sorry. good things in the States. But there's a lot of things I feel like I see in the States and more and more, like increasingly, where I like, have wh- the like thought, what? man. Man, you know, just a lot of things, man. I think this country's kind of crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like it's, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's dangerous. I think guns are crazy out here. Um, just a lot of things, man. I feel like, I feel where where I'm like, it'd be cool to get away. It's expensive. It's it's expensive, you know. I'd like, like to just- Oh you talking and,
2: about the US is expensive?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and and sure, then so, sure. you know, and that's why I, th- I think about sometimes life I mean, in you're different also places. in
0: Los Angeles though, bro. I yeah. mean, it's expensive everywhere, but we we are in one of the most expensive states. But I mean,
3: you know, stuff like healthcare, right? I mean, other countries have it. Mm-hmm. And and so I just think about like life in other other places other than the states. Like we've experienced uh-huh. like life pretty much you know, always in the States and yeah, there are a lot of benefits here, right? There's, there's some luxuries, lots of luxuries that I do love parts of the States and stuff like that. But but I always think, man, you know, just being off the grid and, you know, doing it a little differently and, you know what I'm saying? Like the abroad thing. Let me me speak
1: on that healthcare that you were talking about abroad, right? All right. So here's, here's the scenario. My wife and I are in Mumbai for a wedding. And we're having a great time during the wedding. Faded. We just got done doing the dance or whatever for the wedding. I run and jump on the stage and I step on a shot glass. Don't know it because I'm faded, right? So I tear my fucking right big toe up. Glass cut that shit all the way up, right? Damn. So I'm walking around, go to the bathroom, finally figure out that I'm bleeding, right? It's like 1.30 in the morning. Personal doctor gets called. I go to, like, one of the best hospitals in Mumbai. He gives me this medicine, stitches me up, 12 stitches, all this other stuff uh, that goes entail with it. You know, here in America, that'd be, like, a couple grand. It was 12 fucking dollars. $12. <laughs> a personal crazy. call.
3: That's, like, funny, man. You know, it, <laughs> yep. it is.
1: It's fucking laughable because this country is so bogus when it comes to health care. This dude got called out of bed right and it what, what the funny ass part of it was one of my my wife's friends was like i can translate he was like i speak english i i, I studied uh medicine in, in
3: like i got you man yeah I'm, he was I'm like oh, doctor, good
1: yeah so it, it all all said and done with some medicine like painkillers that are super illegal in this country uh which i brought back fuck you uh it was $12 fucking dollars. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Here, that would have been a couple grand. Yo, real shit, I probably would have bled out because they'd been like, well, we don't have anybody here to stitch you up right now. So just hold this gauze and wait your turn. You know, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. abroad, like People survive abroad very well. And, you know, there's very good things that come along with this country, but I, I honestly don't think it's the end all to be all.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I, I was going to add another anecdotal story about uh, last year a little over 12 months ago I was I had a motorbike that I was riding through Chiang Mai and I had a vicious crash man and I blew out my ACL on a Damn. motorbike on a, on a highway in Thailand it was pretty Damn. stupid yeah but um I went after the injury got it checked out got all my bandages and got all my cuts stitched up and everything and uh you know, you can't have ACL surgery right away. You got to wait for some of the swelling to go down. So mm-hmm. three weeks later, I went back and I had ACL surgery. This is all at a, a hospital in Thailand. Um, after the surgery, I stayed in the hospital like seven or eight days. So I, I just stayed so I could get extra care. I could get looked after. I could start, you know, doing basic rehab, um, all food, surgery, seven days in the hospital, all my medicine, all my rehab for a month and a half after the injury as well costed me a little under fifteen thousand dollars. Right. Like so and, and and when I told that to people in Thailand, they were like appalled. They're like, How could you spend so much money? Like, you should go into this <laughs> hospital, you would only spend eight. And I was like, Yeah, I mean the procedure itself costs more than 15 grand in the Mm -hmm. states and you Mm -hmm. ain't no ain't nobody's getting acl surgery and staying in the hospital for seven days like no that's no
1: right hell no every day is like 30 grand
2: yeah and i didn't have insurance bro so it's just like i mean obviously now since you can't travel and stuff that might be an issue but i always say if i get sick or if i get injured and go somewhere (laughs) yeah bro unless i'm gonna die and i need something now like i'm 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 chilling. I'm back to Thailand. Yeah, I'm for good. real, huh? In Thailand, they were like, man, that, you huh? could
1: have came to the crib. I'd have hooked you up. For real. Gave yeah, you some Tom Kakai and just called it a day. Like, yo, what the fuck?
3: <laughs> no, I mean, and see, that's why I'm like, there's enough to to out there to think about. Like, man, you know, you could, you know, there, there's good things about maybe not being in the, the world. Country. You know, yeah, being out. The being world up. is
1: big, man. The world is big. We as Americans have been conditioned to believe that nothing else in this on this planet can compare and yeah
2: for sure bro that's that's one thing about coming back it's just like the the i don't know if you call it the arrogance or the confidence it's of conditionality. Hearing, man that shit that shit rubs me the wrong way sometimes you know Yo. just like speaking in definites like you know about how, how 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 things are worldwide when you've only been one place is kind of Bro,
1: I go through that all the time with people. And that's why I don't have like a big circle anymore. That's why I have like a real small circle because there's so much arrogance and ignorance and people set in their ways. And and it's like you just believe what you're told and taught uh, by a system that has an agenda.
0: You're fed that shit all day long, every day. Yeah. Yeah, but the more the more you travel, the more you get out there. From my yeah. and I, ha- I haven't done a ton of it, so I'm not one to. You're speak on your from way, experience, but the the more I've traveled the, the places I have been, the, the more I know that I really don't know shit. Right? There's right. so much, so much more to 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 life and and just everything yep. than what we know here in Chicago or now San Diego. Right? It, Those are it's so simple as life. the
1: air, the air the air when you go to different places outside of this country, the air is just so different. And I'm not talking about China because you might die. It's like smoking a cigarette, like a (laughs) pack of cigarettes in 15 minutes, you know, but just like, just getting out into different parts of the world is so integral to, like, you know what the fucking craziest part is, is we have to pay to travel on a planet that we were born into for free. Like that doesn't make fucking sense to me. Like you have to get a passport, Come
0: on, man! We got to get the uh, the the real ID now, right? Is that what yeah, from? that's
1: crazy. If you don't have a passport,
3: <clears throat> you know, but
0: yeah. Hey, man, I go. To, I'm going to Tijuana next week.
3: Oh, hey, shit, man. Get out of the I country. I messed with Baja, California, man, for real. Yo, I, heard I heard that's love it. legit. I heard it's a fucking it, good-ass cool. time. Going to TJ. I mean, we,
0: we it's were just in Ro- Rosarito. Good, you know? Yeah, and you, you know what, man? Good entertainment. It's, still- the, it's it, man. It, yeah, everyone got- thinks it's dangerous, man, as long as you don't, you know. Act like you, a dickhead. You, yeah, man, just stay you know, keep, stay on your path. You're good. As long, as, What happens is, is these, these white boys in college and stuff, right, that they come from SDSU and shit, they go down, they get hammered, and then they start talking shit because they think they're, you know. You know who I am, type of shit. Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah, they, they come for money or whatever. You, they start popping off at the mouth, and then you get in, you get in trouble, right? And you get you get the the police down there, or you start venturing off course. That's when you
1: disappear.
0: Truth be known, man, the, the, everyone's worried about the cartel and shit in Tijuana and in Baja California. But truth be known, cartel wants. Money they make money them. they make money yeah they want people to come they make money off that shit just so, don't be an asshole yeah man just go down there do your thing have your food don't i mean if you want to drink drink but don't get stupid about it that's right. all it is yeah. but yeah, i mean it's it's a good time I actually i'm I, yeah I'm, thinking I'm gonna go down there next week spend a couple of days it's cheap as fuck hey Mike. Like what's
2: up bro? when did you stop playing stop open yeah this when I crashed my bike, bro. Before that, I was still I was still playing four or five times a week. I was in really good shape last year. Okay. Oh shit! It was yeah. recent, recent. Yeah, Dude. last year, bro. About, about thirteen months ago. How's the recovery? Do you feel terrible, man? Well, now it's been pretty good <laughs> since I got back to the states. But it was a really, it was just the worst timing to do it. Um, I, I was, I was probably. I was probably on twenty to twenty-five flights within Damn. within the four to five months after the injury.
1: Wow, it What's was business?
2: yeah, business and um, back to the states. My family came out. My mom hadn't been to to Asia since I moved out there, mm-hmm. and six days before she came out, I blew out my ACL on a bike. Damn, bro. And I met them up in Hong Kong. If you've ever heard anything about Hong Kong, that's the worst place to be on crutches, bro. <laughs> it's just like all hills and right. cobble—not co- cobblestone, but like brick brick pathways and stuff. It's hey, rough, hey
1: but... what's your perspective on Hong Kong being re assimilated back into Chinese like government rule? Uh... Uh,
2: man, it's um. That's political as fuck. It? Yeah. It, it, for me, it's, it's, re, it's, it's really hard to watch, bro. So I, I, I spent the majority of my time in China in Guangzhou. Guangzhou is the third biggest city in China. It's about an hour and 45 minute train ride from Hong Kong. Uh-huh. Uh, a long, a. Uh, uh, significant part of my stay, I would be on some sort of visa that allowed me 30 days in China before I had to exit. The rest of the time I was on a 60-day visa. So even if I have a a year-long or a 10-year-long visa, I have to leave every 60 days out of the country. Mm -hmm. So you can can take a flight, you can travel to Macau, you can travel to Taiwan, you can travel to Hong Kong, and you can literally cross the border, go through immigration and cross right back. Mm -hmm. So it was a point for me every month and then, you know, or every two months I, I would go to Hong Kong. And then once I started my sourcing company, um, that's a Hong Kong based company. So I had a lot more reason to go to Hong Kong. I made a lot of friends out there. It's like, it's one of my favorite places in the world, but it is probably my favorite city. Like I've ever been to, it's fucking It's lit the
3: fuck up.
1: It's amazing. Right, right. It looks no in the pictures.
2: That's, I know that it is so fucking cool, it's man. Beautiful. It's such a such an intense city. It's such a diverse international place. Like right. It, it, it's 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 the best, honestly. So to see what's happened and, and and see how the country's been affected since the the protests started really kicking up. It's 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 hard to watch, man. You know, so many of my foreign friends that live there are, have left. Um, you know, the, the, the areas that are, are really popping are, are, are just not the same man. they're, they're, they're ghost towns. There's not as many people out in Long Feng or Wan Chai. Those are like the popping areas where you could go out and always have fun. Like I just, I haven't been too many places where you feel the kind of energy that mm-hmm. you do in that city. So it's, it's been hard to watch, man. It's unfortunate to see how how things are progressing.
1: Excuse my ignorance, but it was under British rule, right?
2: Yeah, I think until like 1997. And then they gained their right.
1: independence, and then now they're being forced kind of back into.
2: Well, this has technically always been the part of the plan. I think they had like a 30 or 40 year period where right. Hong Kind of Kong- like India,
1: like Mumbai kind of deal.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. and and Hong Kong is going to be treated as an autonomous region of China. So they have their own government, they function as their own entity, but they're still technically a part of China. Right. But I mean, the Beijing just just infiltrated the government and all aspects of life and, you know, with China, I think you mentioned before, you said they play the long game and that's just that's just facts, man. They mm-hmm. they really are not like they don't feel like they're smothering you until they are. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but they they really don't shove it down your throat. But it's just and and this is the thing I've seen in mainland China too. When I first got out there, I talked about like the Wild West and going to this this new new, you know, crazy frontier. And that's how I felt, man. That's how I felt in two thousand eight when I got out there. But every single year you can feel things scaling back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, every single street, there's gates up in the middle of the road. So you can't walk across the street. Now, <laughs> now, you might think, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, that's civilized society. People shouldn't be walking across a busy street. But, you know, now there's cameras on every street.
0: Now, right.
2: now, you get ticketed every time you don't stop at the line. Now, there's CCTV cameras in every fucking store across everywhere. Now, they're making stricter rules on foreigners. Now, they can't let you get a bank account unless you give 30 different documents. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm just right. you like could giving a few examples. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But you just that's that's how they do, man. They like they, they cast their net and they just slowly reel it in. And and that's what's happened in Hong Kong. And they, they, they introduced this law. Um, and for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on, on on what you call the law. But basically, it says that uh, you can be tried for a crime. For, you know what I mean? If, if, if you get charged with something, they can try you in. Mainland China. Shit. So you're a Hong Kongese person. You've never been in China your entire life. You commit a crime. You can be taken up to mainland China to be charged for that crime. Right. And, and, and the, the, the fear that kind of caused the initial start of these protests was, well, who says I committed a crime? Right, you know, if I'm saying, you know, these these people who speak out against the government and stuff are just getting snatched up and taken Yo, up you to mainland. No, you can't say shit. You can't say a damn thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't be like crazy outspoken about right,
1: it. Right, right. <laughs> like, like, just got a sign, or you make a fucking whole podcast about it. Yeah,
3: they're gonna snatch so your That's ass. the point for the U.S. and huh? Yeah,
1: that, yeah. To that's a the point. point for the U.S. To a point, there was a couple rappers back when Donald Trump first got elected that their ass is still in jail for saying fuck Donald Trump. And they were out by you, I think, out in uh, Cali. But yeah, you know, China plays that long game. Like, it goes by the saying, like, you have boiling pot of water, you throw a frog in it, it's going to jump out. But if you put that frog in that water and slowly boil it, it's not going to notice the difference till it's too late. Like, it's just deep, bro. People don't pay attention until it's too late, and that's
0: what's happening here. I'm too. Write, writing that one down.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up, man. You know, you, a culture shot. like if something hits you right away, boom, you're going to notice it. But if it gradually over the years just starts getting more and more strict, more and more, you know, regulations, more things taken from you, people just like tend to go along with it because they got their Kardashians. They got their The Bachelor. They got... This that and the other. They got their double stuffed Oreos with their fucking asses. Like you know, these people just annoy the shit out of me. Y'all know <laughs> that <laughs> Y'all know consumerism. That. Yeah, dude, it's crazy.
0: So, Mike, your preferred spot is is Thailand. Then
2: Thailand's the shit. Yeah, I uh, if I was to be somewhere right now, I'd be chilling out in Thailand. Or actually, my business partner for the sourcing company, he's staying in Manila. So I, I flew out to Manila like seven months ago. Like right before I came back to Chicago, I flew from Manila, so I spent like three weeks out there. And he's posted up out there right now. Manila's Manila's off the chain, man. Like it's a lot to take in, you know. But, but I feel <laughs> like I feel like yeah. if you don't go too crazy, you can you can make a good life there. So I, I definitely, yeah. As of right now, you know, I want to travel. I want to see other parts of the world. I want to do more shit with my life. But you know, I'm really. Right. Really, really attached to Southeast Asia and just just the vibe out there, man. Yeah,
1: that's where my uh, my wife spent most of her time was in Thailand. She loved it out there.
2: Yeah, it's a special place, man. It really. They is. are I mean, it. Their- it's, it's Go sorry to cut you off. It's, Go it's, got, it's got its it's got its downsides too. But I, I mean, as far as like just comfort and and you know. They got a way of how they are, man, not everybody's yeah. the nicest person you're ever me, but they just got a way of respecting you like the Buddhist culture they're just mm-hmm. they're just so much more chill, man you don't find those people with the chip on the shoulder like on edge trying to fuck with you like people are pretty respectful as long as you're not acting out of pocket like you were saying about the dudes in tijuana
1: there's a there's a huge gate culture out there in a car culture uh the bigger the gate on the front of your house, I heard.
2: Oh hell yeah, every
3: house.
1: I, <laughs> I had a gate, bro. I had a big ass gate in front of my house. That's just funny to me, like yeah. you know, big ass gate. Like yo, check my gate out, bro. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, know, what,
3: what what's like the like as an American? Um, like you need to get a visa to go out there to to stay out there if you wanted to be there extended time. Like how 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 would that work?
2: Uh, so in China, Americans, up until this point, recently, I feel like it's been like two, three, four years now, we've been able to get a 10-year visa to China. So you can get a 10-year visa. Um, you got to leave every 60 days. But- that,
3: see, that's crazy, man. Yeah, when you, when you were saying that, you have to leave every 60 days, but you have a 10-year visa.
2: Right. So I have access to the country for the next you know, 10 years, but I have to leave – and come back every every 60 it, it, days. Now, you can that, you, Would that be for everybody? No, so you if you really want to be there like and don't want to leave at all, you can. You just have to go through a more stringent process. Like you have to get residency permit, you got to register with the police, you got to prove that you're working somewhere, you have a reason right. to be there. You know, you just gotta jump through more hoops to do it. Yep, and yep. in Thailand it's a similar situation. Like the visa process isn't isn't so easy. You know, you could you could enroll in classes, you could, you know, get proof from a company that you have a job, but you know, they, they make a lot of money off of off of their visa process and and the tourists who who need visas. So man, I had it had a pretty solid situation. I, I was just going and they recommend you don't do this, but I didn't get a visa once the whole time I was in Thailand. I just, I would shake the China for work once a month and that's all I did.
1: Hmm. Roundabout the system. That's dope. Right. But see, that comes with knowledge of knowing how the, the, the whole traveling with the visas work. Yeah. And, and I mean, I,
3: and it I want, comes with, with a lot of like kind of jumping around too.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that life and everybody that I'm, um, a part of that network. They know how to move around. But I was going to mention to whoever's listening, if you're interested in, you know, just, just diving into this, this type of lifestyle and exploring it, you know, you could go down the rabbit hole on YouTube of checking out digital nomads and digital nomads are these people who are living abroad, you know, working off their computers. And there's a whole gang of them on YouTube that have channels teaching you how to live and man, there's actually this dude. He's got he's got a dope ass channel. He's from the Burbs. He's from out here. Him and his brother, they got a killer channel. It's called Passport Heavy.
3: Check so that out, man. If you ever get a chance, dope.
2: check out Passport Heavy. He's a cool his, his name's Jabril. He's a cool cat, man. He's he's from the, he's from Chicago Burbs. And he he teaches you how to how to live in Thailand, how to live in Colombia. He goes all over the world and he makes Shit. these really really well high produced videos about him living in all these different places and, and how much money it costs and what he does. But yeah, if you go down the digital, digital nomad rabbit hole on YouTube, you're going to get all kinds of information. You know, there's even dudes out there who's teaching you how to live in Thailand for under 400 us dollars a month.
3: shit. Straight up. That's, that's impressive, man. That's the type of info. Like that's, that's good info, man. Stop hey, watching like hey. like Michael Jordan videos on YouTube. <laughs> hey.
2: I watch basketball bloopers every night, you know? hey, uh,
1: <laughs> But but be, but be real, it's China, be real China, Mike. You you were leaving every month because you was ditching that girl you was messing with every month. You switching it up, right? I mean, I'm not trying to put my business out
2: <laughs> there like
0: that, <laughs> no. But switched. no, I wasn't. I wasn't making
2: any money in Thailand, man. So I had to go back to China to hustle. You know, I'd go back and do the do basketball tournaments, or I'd go right. back and run a little tour. Or I go back and handle a, a sourcing job or hit the markets or something. Hey, so.
1: were you out there when Marbury was – did he go to – you went to China, right? Marbury did?
2: Yeah, bro. Let me uh, – if y'all got some show notes, I actually played – I played in a game where Marbury was my coach. No shit. No And
0: shit. we
2: played against the CBA team. And on the other team was Sebastian Telefair and Sheldon Williams.
1: Okay. They were on the oh, other squad, right? and Marbury,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and, and no. Sebastian Telefair is, is Marbury's cousin. He was playing oh, in the course. CBA at the time. Right, right.
1: It's crazy what happened to that kid. He like flashed, he just got and in trouble,
2: disappeared. You know, like you didn't see what happened. He just got in trouble. He got, I think he got locked up on gun charges.
1: Uh, I kind of, I kind of remember that.
2: Kinda. Yeah, like last year, but before that, he was out in China, hooping in the CBA, hey, playing, hey, playing pretty shit. well too.
1: Did you see your coach uh eating fucking Vaseline during like timeouts? Like, what the fuck was that?
2: <laughs> he was
1: bugging, bro. Like, was are you crazy.
0: talking about Marbury?
2: Yeah,
1: he bro, was, shit, <laughs> He's a legend
2: in China, bro. They love of him. Of course, there. they got a they, statue of yeah, him. Yeah, right? yeah. He's he's like one of the one of the only guys that really embraced being in china and like uh,
1: what about what's his name that was just out there now uh lance any he, wasn't he out there too
2: yeah 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 man, he, was, he was playing in, in the cba this year he was playing pretty well yep.
1: It's crazy man international Marbury, marbury's ball. a hooper though he was a fucking was monster
3: a legend out here too he but was yeah, a monster i know he was he was huge out there though yeah of he course.
2: won two two titles in the cba
3: quick like mad, quick
2: yeah, within the first like two or three, four years. Yeah. He he was he's he's still out there. He was coaching until the coronavirus said he was coaching one of the Beijing teams.
1: <laughs> and then he dipped like, all right, well, I'm just, sorry. I, <laughs> I
2: actually don't know where he is, but I imagine he got the fuck out of there, yeah.
0: Right. Well, on that note, before we go down the uh, the basketball rabbit hole, we are running out of time here, so wanna call it Mike, thank you for jumping on, man. It's very interesting to get your perspective on things. Thanks, bro. I appreciate uh, you yeah. having me. Indeed. Us, us, right. local, us local kids don't know about, you know. So
2: yeah, man. No. Hey, can I can I plug some shit before we get off the podcast? Yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah. Instagram,
2: whatever, man. All right, cool.
3: That's cool. right, man. Did we even talk about? Yeah, we didn't talk about. You had the podcast too. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So uh, the sourcing company that I mentioned a couple times is Source Find Asia. So you can check us out. We got a YouTube channel. Uh, we got a website going through all of our services and stuff. And we also host a podcast, man. And we've been doing it for like five years now. It's pretty cool. It's called the Made in China podcast. So you can check that out. And then- um, What platforms? uh, We're everywhere, bro. I think we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on everything. Yeah. Cool, cool. So so that's on the sourcing front. And then um, me and my buddy, he's actually from Chicago too. We just started this company called The Z Kit. The Z Kit. So you can check that out on IG or or uh, we got a, we got a, a sales page up on, on our website right now. And it's a athletic training product geared at basketball players to help you prepare for the game and, and, and strengthen your body. It's using products that you're already aware of that you use all the time. But we uh, custom designed a cool, small uh, travel bag that you can uh, stash all the products in when, when you're traveling. So just wanted to plug those up real quick.
3: That's dope. For sure. Dope, man. We'll definitely check them out.
2: Yeah. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for your time, man. Good
3: talk.
0: You think that was cool? All right. Thanks again, China Mike, for joining the podcast. Everything he just mentioned, all his links are in the show notes, so go check him out. Support him. Uh, Be sure you are subscribing to whatever platform it is you are listening to us on. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Hit that subscribe button. Follow along. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace.